Let's continue. Welcome to Dovetail Coachings. And today we are talking to Sharon Khan. Now, Sharon founded Sound Wellness in 2008. And after participating as a facilitator in a study on stress through the Integrative Health Institute at Mount Royal University, her mission is to help you to remember that sound and music was our human family's first language. To help you remember how deeply every particle of your being is being wired to respond to sound and how sound can support your well-being in profound ways. Welcome, Sharon. Um, to today's podcast, um, YouTube, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Um, before I go and talk, uh, before I talk to you about it, let us talk about the history of sound, where it came from, um, and how it came about, and why it's so popular today. Um, shall I, shall I talk about it, or do you want to share on how it? Came I up? would, I would love to hear that, Irene, and thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I'm absolutely delighted. Okay. I'm glad you're here. Um, so sound has been around during ancient times. It goes back as far as the Egyptian times. And um, it was believed in ancient Greece, music was, a, was used in attempt, sorry, used in, a, in an attempt to cure mental disorders. And throughout history, music has been used to boost morale in military troops, help people to work faster and more productively and even ward off evil spirits by chanting. Which leads us to why the Tibetans chant a lot and they use the Tibetan bowls. Even in ancient times in Egypt, the priestesses used the musical instruments and presided over healing chapels. Um, and similarly, the Greeks used the same thing. They chant and write, and they use a variety of musical instruments um, in the sanatoriums. Um, that is a very short history on how sound was being used in the ancient times. Now, Sharon, I, I, I would love to find out about your journey into sound and how you came to discover sound uh, was played such an important and integrative part of your life. Mm, I guess it's it's been a part of my journey for as long as I can remember, Irene. I, I've been a musician all my life as a child singing in choirs. My mom had the most incredible voice, so she was always singing to us. So I grew up singing and and started taking the classical guitar when i was 16 i completely fell in love with it and so much so i ended up getting two degrees in music <laughs> because I, that instrument the the instrument was just so brilliant for me and um, it wasn't until i was teaching much later on and had a group of nervous adult students who were really, really wanted to perform with more confidence. So 
I ordered every book on stage fright that I could find, scoured them for exercises, and we found one that worked really well. And what that exercise was, was to imagine a color while you were performing. And what that did was to distract the critical part of the mind so that the music could flow more easily. The only thing that we found though that was so curious and happened every time is that at least one person in the audience would get the color. And we said nothing about, and about color at all. It was an exercise we were trying. Even in one of my own performances, I was doing, I remember a full concert and I chose one piece to practice the color. And this lady came up at the end of the concert, she pointed to that piece on her program and she said, Sharon, this piece was so beautiful. It reminded me of the ocean, the color was so blue. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is too many times, way too many times getting the same thing uh, with a simple exercise. So I started asking the questions, what is it about sound that makes it a carrier for thought? And what else can it do? So I wore trails to the library, the computer, to um, and eventually ended up studying with Jonathan Goldman and then Tom Kenyon the following year, many years ago. And you know how synchronicity happens. Yeah. Sound wellness wasn't really something I expected to be doing. It was one of those invitations from the universe I could not say no to. I got a call from the director of the Integrative Health Institute not long after I finished my studying with Tom Kenyon. And she said, Sharon, I hear you're into sound therapy. <laughs> and I was teaching classical guitar at the conservatory. And I said, I guess so. <laughs> I've been studying this for many years by now. And so then she said, well, I would love to have you come as a facilitator and present on sound therapy in a study on stress that we're sponsoring. So I created the program, presented it to the team. They all wanted to be there too. <laughs> and uh, then worked with my group of volunteers. And you know, on the last day, everybody was asking, how do we learn more about this? It was so helpful. And I couldn't send them anywhere. At that time, I could not think of anywhere for for them to learn more about sound healing. I knew of lots of people they could go and, and study with if they wanted to be a practitioner, but for just working with stress management, there was nobody. And so, you know, I thought, okay, I'll create that. And about a month after working with my group in that study, I created Sound Wellness. And so over the last 12 years now, it's been growing and uh, not having done any business before. It was a lot of floundering in that growing. And in the last three years, it has really become focused into two branches. One branch is practitioner training, where we provide a competency training for practitioners. And the other branch is corporate wellness. We have been asked to go in and present, uh, well, I've been asked over the years several times to present in the corporate world. 
And every time I do, I get a zillion questions. And one of them is always, do you do this in corporate? We need this. <laughs> so there, there I am <laughs> with uh, a company that is passionate, because it's me, passionate about sharing how powerfully sound can support our health and well-being. The ancients knew that, like you said, Irene. Yeah. Now we're bringing it into the 20th century with some of that ancient knowledge and some new scientific confirmation about what the ancients knew, but they didn't have the scientific confirmation we're capable of these days. So very cool. <laughs> it is It is very cool, especially now when we are faced with so many challenges and, and <clears throat> the pandemic has hit us. Um, none of us have been able to travel uh, to even some of, some people have lost a job. In fact, most people have lost, lost their jobs. So a lot of people are going through depression right now, um, stressed about where the next income is going to come in from. So sound in place, Sound plays such an important role. Um, and of course, if you listen to rock music, it's going to cause some kind of disruption in your body as well. Um, if you listen to music that's soothing, I'm, I'm talking about general music, not just the Tibetan bowls or the tuning forks. Uh, if you listen to different types of music, it affects your body in different ways and creates different emotions in the body. Um, as you know, I studied with um, sound, Global Sound Institute, so it's it's no it's what was it the word that you use? It's no coincidence that somehow rather you have come into my life as well, um, be it a teacher or a mantra in in a private Facebook page group that you run, and um, for me personally, sound has has changed in a way to clear up my the way I speak and clear up the, the truth that I speak. I, I say a lot. I say a lot of air. <laughs> I speak <laughs> a lot, but what comes out from it is mainly not important things that things that I don't want to say and that, um, well, yeah, things that I don't really want to express. So with sound, it helped me to express myself um, a lot better by clearing up my mental health, by clearing up my um, uh, whatever that was going on in my throat chakra, um, um, a lot of fear in me that stopped me from actually uh, speaking up my truth. That's the other side of how sound can actually help you. Um, and also in health as well, it, it tell, Tell us what else sound can do. Um, one is to de-stress using sound. What is the other areas that sound can actually help in? Well, usually I like to share that there are several different areas, Irene. Um, the human being is so... The human being is a resonator for sound. Sound affects us from our our tiniest atoms and particles to our electromagnetic field. It affects every part of our being, every sound that we experience. And so sound works at a lot of different levels. I like to say that sound is food for your nervous system. 
it's because when we're listening to sound, then it's affecting our nervous system is so that it releases hormones. And you were already mentioning this, this part, this aspect of it in, in when you're listening to music that is not supportive, is not food for you, then it re increases the release of stress hormones from the nervous system. I call that junk sound. Whatever is junk or, or to you is going to cause an increase in stress, stress hormones. Then we have good sounds like nature sounds, the sounds that we evolved with. And then we have super sounds, which is what you've been talking about that helped you so much in opening your heart, opening your voice and speaking your truth. Probably those were super sounds that you were using. Things like the Tibetan bowls, the tuning forks, the crystal bowls and mantra. All of these things are like super sound for your nervous system and super food for your nervous system. So there's that aspect. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole area of uh, so that that is um, the actual effect of sound on the nervous system is very physical. Sound is a very physical modality because it pushes your atoms around. It, in order for it to move, it goes through you. And in order for sound to move, it has to push against your atoms and molecules. So it creates waves of vibration through your body. And then as it does that, when the vibration stops, your body kind of goes into its own natural healing ability and goes, reset. <laughs> Nothing else is in the way. Everything just got shook up. Let's just go back to normal, natural, healthy patterns. That's one of the things that sound is so brilliant at. And when it shakes everything up, it's doing that at a lot of different levels. Of course, the physical, as I mentioned, it's doing it at the emotional level because I always feel that we are, when you think of an atom, it's 99.9% empty space. Mm. Our soul is in that empty space. There's also emotional energy in that empty space, kind of overlapping and coexisting because they're different vibrations are different they're different levels of existence so an emotional energy is a little denser and it can tend to get stuck well when sound the right sound for you is going through the body doing this to all your atoms then that emotional energy that's ready to go can't stay there anymore it gets shaken up so much it just goes i'm gone and then you have this beautiful open space in order to plant whatever whatever energy you wish to plant there that supports your health and well-being the body of course will do its reset <laughs> and then it does it just goes back to normal natural healthy patterns notices it's not stuck there anymore so things start working a little better sound is fabulous at that and then it works at the quantum level, the energy level. That's the part of sound that's energy medicine. And the energy medicine is the part that's affected by, by factors of thought and emotion and intention 
and that is carried on the sound wave. Sound wave is a carrier for all those things. Just like a radio station, you tune your, well, you don't do this anymore with a radio, you do it on your phone, but you used to <laughs> turn the knob to tune to, to uh, 102 FM, one of your favorite radio stations, and that's a frequency. And so your radio station receiver finds that frequency and brings you all the news and the songs and and the commercials that are riding on that 102 fm sound is the same whether it's the sound of your voice which is incredibly powerful whether it's the sound of a bowl or a tuning fork your intentions your thoughts and your emotions travel on that sound wave go into the body and then create a different effect so it creates an incredible powerful possible healing depending on what's going on here right and if you're doing it with other people then that amplifies sound uh, sound is an energy that's amplified when more than one person is doing it so that's what's so powerful to work with a sound practitioner because that person knows how to amplify what you're trying to create and that too is so interesting and powerful then you have the whole field of healing music in which a lot of this is incorporated into it that's only part you have the music you have the tools you have the voice and all of these can do the same things they just do it a little differently now now i know there are a lot of different types of tools as you say it that that you can use for sound and what are they uh, one of the Tibetan bowls and the crystal bowls. Um, they, each of them, as you said, they do different things. They, they do the same function, but they have different things. So what, in terms of Tibetan bowls, what does it actually main function of a Tibetan bowl? Healing is one of them, changing, changing someone's um, frequencies, atoms in the body, and I know some people resonate more towards the Tibetan bowls um, and some just can't stand the sound of crystal bowls or they resonate more towards the crystal bowls. What actually determines um, which one that they are more, they're more, um, what's it, pulled towards? This is such a fabulous question, Irene. I love this question. And you already kind of mentioned the idea of resonance. Uh, what do we resonate with? And we kind of have a sense when somebody walks into the room, we, you know, we know if you'd like that person or not, that's resonance. And it's the same thing with the sound tool. Uh, since every particle in the universe, everything is moving and vibrating, everything including us and so we are a symphony of different sounds and vibrations and it has a particular tune and when you're using a, a sound tool that doesn't match your tune that's in a different key it's not going to resonate and it's not going to be as effective so how do you know what a great question that is too you know by how it feels because when something is in your space, it's in your field, it's close to your body, sound will be going through you, you know what it feels like. 
And sometimes you, sometimes an icky sound with the right intention can create movement. So there is a place for dissonance or sound that you, that you don't like because it has a purpose in shaking things up more that need to move. So that, that put aside, whatever feels good to you is a resonance to you. And that's why some people can't handle the crystal bowls. They're more like lasers. The Tibetan bowls, especially the really old ones, are like a shower of sound. There's so many different frequencies. Your resonance can pick and choose. You know, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. I can work with this bowl. <laughs> or they all sound good. You know, you know when it feels right to you, especially to your heart. But your body responds too with. <sighs> whenever you get that that's a tool for you <laughs> the tuning forks too they're more like lasers and they have a very specific effect on the nervous system right down to the cells so they too can be really helpful and here too it follow follow your heart and follow what it feels like we all know what resonates and what doesn't by how it feels mm. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes get asked by people whether I sell Tibetan bowls or whether I have any crystal bowls. Now with the pandemic, it's very difficult to bring anything in, although you can bring it in, but I think shipment is going to cost a, a lot um, because, <laughs> because it's always somebody who corners and garners the, what, how say, they, um, they, are, they want to be the only ones to bring in the bowls or you know shipments and postals. And I always find when people ask me things like, um, how do you play the, crystal, uh, the crystal balls or, or they have this frivolous statement on Facebook that I've got this ball and, you know, I just have to bang on it or something. And I'm, I'm, I, I look at it and I, I'm, I don't know whether I'm shocked or whether I'm just concerned because when you, I, for a fact that when you buy a ball, you need to resonate with the ball whether it's a Tibetan bowl or whether it's a crystal bowl. And yet they just buy it because now sound is, it's so popular. It's like a boom in sound. Everybody wants to have a bowl, but they don't well, that, have option. That's why it's so important that you're here, Irene, and, and you're, you're sharing this subject on your podcast because people don't know, people don't know. And that's why it's important to get that information out to people so that they have this magnificent tool or they haven't bought one yet. They have this magnificent tool and they have some education to know how to use it. And we have a, we have a three things you need to know to play Tibetan singing bowl on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And it has so many views because you're right. It's becoming so popular and people are starting to find, people are starting to find value in this. They're wonderful tools to help you bring calm to your life. And as you were saying at the beginning, we have so much that's the opposite of calm in our lives right now.